Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Wednesday, the 14th of February. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, And of course, Bet Online, even though football is done, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs including pro and college hoops all throughout the year with up-to-the-minute odds, stats, trends. You can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, the game starts here. So, got a fun show planned for everybody today. Glad to have you here with us. We got a big day today because we got Zaslow Show 2.0 going on right now. And tonight, we're back on ESPN Radio, co-hosting ESPN Radio Game Night, along with Cleveland's Emmett Golden. So, Emmett Golden and myself filling in for Q Myers tonight, ESPN Radio Game Night, 10 p.m. East. I've learned that. You got to say East now because people are listening from all over the country Eastern time zone, 10 p.m. East, so 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. We'll have to mix in a little afternoon schluff here, make sure we're all set and ready to go, but we got a fun night tonight, all right, because we got the Panthers in action, we got the Heat in action, then I'm on ESPN Radio, so you guys are listening to me tonight after we watch the Heat and Panthers get double dips, you know what I'm talking about, so we got a good sports night going on here this evening. We're going to talk to Kenny Albert, all-time great play-by-play man. NHL on TNT tonight. Panthers and Penguins national broadcast. Kenny Albert's on the call alongside Eddie Olchick and Brian Boucher. So Kenny Albert will stop by. He's always great. We'll pick his brain a little bit as well about the Super Bowl, all the fallout there. I can't believe I turned on the television this morning 
and we're still talking about overtime. We're still talking about the 49ers and overtime. And for the life of me, see, I'm excited for ESPN Radio Game Night tonight. I've never hosted them at Golden, although I know I, I know who he is. He's very good. I'm excited, though, to do this show with him tonight. I got to have some type of back and forth with somebody about the overtime. I For the life of me, I can't understand people who are so hung up on the 49er players not knowing about overtime. How is there no pushback when I'm watching this on television? Why does it matter? I'll ask Kenny Albert about it, but I'm looking forward to talking about that tonight. I just, I don't understand why it's a big thing. I can't believe we're still talking about this. All right, you know what? You know how we do now at the start of every show. We get things rolling with a little bit of what happened last night. All right, so there's a few things we want to get to. First off, I might as well get the college basketball out of the way. Syracuse beat number 7 UNC last night, 86-79. UNC now has actually lost two of their last three. They also lost to Clemson last week. So two losses in their last three games for UNC, both of them to unranked teams. And the one win sandwich in between there was a three-point win against unranked Miami. So UNC uh, apparently not playing so great right now. As far as the NBA goes, it's a pretty busy last night, pretty busy night last night, but really, really one thing grab my attention and obviously we'll get to the heat in a moment here but the thunder beat the orlando magic last night 127 113 magic have really come back down to earth they probably can't wait for the all-star break but the big story from that game last night Shaq. Shaq was on the call last night and you know it was, it was a uh, tuesday night tnt game so Shaq was an analyst there because they were honoring Shaq as the first ever Orlando Magic player to have their jersey retired. So Shaq was on the call, and then post-game, they did the jersey retirement ceremony. I hope everybody stuck around. That's kind of weird when you do it post-game, because people it, it's late, people leave and go home, uh, You know, it's late night. The Heat do it at halftime. Some franchises, though, do it post-game. Anyway, like, Dwayne Wade's, I believe, was post-game, because you, you wanted that to be a long ceremony. But anyway... Shaq had his jersey retired in Orlando. This is actually at halftime where the the TNT crew and Vince Carter specifically, they were asking Shaq about his feelings. And here, Shaq told you what an honor it is. Out of all the ceremonies, out of all, all, all the ceremonies, this is the most exciting, and let me tell you why. At LSU, I knew what was going to happen because, you know, the, the dean, uh, Joe Dean at the time said, hey, man, you're one of my greatest players. If you come back and get your degree... You're going to retire your jersey. So I knew it was going to happen. The Lakers, I kind of forced it to happen because I wanted my name to be up there. Orlando, me playing four, here, playing here four years, going to the finals once, going to the ring of ceremony and that being it and nobody else having their jersey retired. I never thought this day would happen. It means a lot. It's a lot of great players that have played here, including you, Vince, uh, Grant Hill, Penny Hardaway, T-Mac, Nick, D. Scott. So, you know, to, to, to be the first is definitely an honor. All right, so obviously it's a tremendous honor, and it is a big surprise because it's almost 30 years later. I mean, he left there in what? I think it was 97 he left there. They were in the finals in 95. He played one more year, 96. So he left in 96. It was almost 30 years since he left the Magic. And, I like... What he says there about he knew it was going to happen to LSU, 
he he, he kind of made his way for a tap in LA. Although, come on, like that was happening no matter what. He didn't mention Miami there because it actually goes against what you know the the, the love he was given to the match there about how special this one is to him because he didn't think it was going to happen. He didn't know it was going to happen. He didn't know Miami was going to happen either. You know, the Miami one was cut was essentially an olive branch between both parties because things like it usually goes down with Shaq don't end on on a positive note and it was essentially an olive branch where we love you we want you to be part of the organization we're retiring your jersey and Shaq loved that and it was a great thing and I'm I'm a big Shaq guy so awesome so that, that's why he didn't mention the heat there because it kind of goes against the point that he's making but there'd be no reason for him to believe that his jersey was going to get retired by the Magic. And it does strike me as a little bit odd. So, let me start by saying this. I have no criticism of the Orlando Magic for putting Shaq, his jersey, in the rafters. You could say, hey, he only played there for four years. You could say, hey, you waited 30 years for this to happen. You can be critical of it. You could say... He never even won there. He broke their hearts when he left. He crippled their franchise when he left. Why are you retiring Shaq's jersey? I think Heat fans are the last people who can be critical about a franchise retiring a jersey's player. A a player's jersey. Not because Udonis Haslam didn't deserve to have his jersey retired, but the point would be This isn't the Hall of Fame. This isn't an NBA decision. This is a team decision. This is a franchise who gets to decide how they want to run their franchise. So if the Heat decide that Udonis Haslam's jersey is worthy of being raised to the Raptors, which of course it is, that's up to them. If the Orlando Magic, no matter how silly we think it looks, believe that it is worth them raising Shaq's jersey to the Raptors, that's up to them. It's the team's decision. So I think being critical of what the Orlando Magic decide to do in that spot is stupid. It is not up to you. It's not up to anyone outside the organization. It's up to the team. So in that regard, I have no problem with the Orlando Magic raising Shaq's jersey to the Raptors. Now, the part that I do think is weird is I think that they've been a franchise now for, if the Heat this year is year 35, they've been a franchise for 34 years. So in 34 years, they've never had a jersey retired, the Orlando Magic. And I think what's happened there is they've gotten to a place where it's, we we don't even have any championships. We got to have some type of history. I mean... Like, it sucks if you're a franchise that's been around for that long and you got nothing hanging from the rafters. You don't have any real type of history. You don't look like a franchise that's worth anything. And look, let's be honest, like that is the case for the Orlando Magic. But they they would like to look like they have some type of history, which is why I think it's weird that they've waited 34... Well, I mean, you're not going to have it in the first year, but why they've never had a jersey retired in 34 years. And the fact of the matter is... There are a couple guys whose jerseys should have already been retired. Matter of fact, maybe it's because he's not technically retired yet, but it would make more sense for Dwight Howard's jersey to be retired before Shaq. 
but you see, the Orlando Magic aren't going to do that because you got this weird beef between Shaq and Dwight Howard, and for them to do that, it's going to be like insulting to Shaq if Dwight Howard is up there in the Raptors before him. I know that sounds so stupid, but it's the truth. There are other players, though, who you would think should have their jersey up there already, and the Magic just haven't done... Like, Penny Hardaway? Anyone? He was amazing. And he was amazing for the Orlando Magic. The Shaq thing, I think, is weird for them to have his jersey up there because not even just because he only played four years of the franchise, and then you can say Zaslow. He only played here four years, which, by the way, he played four seasons for the Heat. He was only here three and a half years, but he won a championship. He won a championship with the Heat, and... You could say what you want about when Riley and then Alonzo Mourning got here, and that's when Heat culture started, but this really became a championship team when Shaq got here. Things changed in a big way when Shaq got here. So Shaq's jersey going to the Raptors of the Heat, I think is a no-brainer, but he was only in Orlando for four years. If you're only with a team for four years, I would say you probably got to do some kind of winning for the jersey to go in the rafters. Again, this is Orlean, This is their decision. They can do whatever they want. It's not up to the NBA. It's not like a Hall of Fame. It's up to the team, all right? And on top of the thing that I think really makes it weird with retiring Shaq's jersey, not just that he didn't win there, not just that he only played there four years, but when he left, it crippled their franchise crippled them and that to me makes it tough to swallow the idea of his jersey being up in the rafters hey Shaq's jersey's up in the rafters he didn't win here spent a very short period of his time in the NBA here and he completely crippled us as a franchise but you better not wear his jersey you better not wear his number like that to me is kind of weird again the team can do whatever they want when it comes to retiring a jersey I'm not going to be critical of that part. But if we're going to be honest, I think it's bizarre. I think it's bizarre. It like I don't think Orlando Magic fans, first of all, if you have a certain age, if, if you're 30 years old, you, you never saw Shaq. Well, nah, that's not exactly true. If you're if you're 25, you never saw Shaq play for the Orlando Magic. Probably if you're close to 30, actually. Because if 30 were born in 94, Shaq left in 96, two years old. Yeah, so let's go 30. If you're 30 years old, you never saw Shaq play for the team. And Magic fans, I would guess... And yeah, they're out there. Magic fans are out there. I would guess that if you are a Magic fan from day one, you don't have great things to say about Shaq because he crippled the franchise. When he left, you're probably mother-effing him uh, all, all the way to the heavens. So, again, team can do whatever they want. It's up to them. But... I'm with Shaq. It's a surprise. It's surprising that his jersey was retired. And so that right there to me, a little bit of what happened last night, the college basketball UNC lost. For me, the biggest story there as far as the NBA was Shaq there and his jersey being retired. Good. Love Shaq. Great honor. I think it's weird for the Magic where they they want to get something up there. And like I tell you, we had a similar thing here with the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers up until a couple years ago, and this is year number 30 for the Panthers. So up until a couple years ago, you're 27 or 28. They had no jerseys retired. No Stanley Cup championship banners, of course. 
You got the one, as of a couple years ago, Eastern Conference Championship banner back then. It was 1996. It was forever ago. And no jerseys retired. Matter of fact, the names that are up there are Bill Torrey, okay, for first ever uh, president of the team, and Wayne Huizenga. No, no actual, you know, jersey numbers, if you will. No players. And they then finally retired Roberto Luongo's jersey, which makes all the sense in the world because it was right after he retired and it was deserving. But Shaq, it was, it was almost 30 years ago. And I don't think the Orlando Magic fan has great things to say about Shaq. Panther fan, of course, has great things to say about Roberto Luongo. So a little bit weird to me. All right. The Heat last night took that ass against the Milwaukee Bucks. 123 to 97. That's what you're talking about. I put on the Heat last night. I, I'm blown away by this performance. They were, I mean, they wiped the floor with the Bucks from start to finish. They never trailed in this game. They're up double figures in the first quarter. They're up double figures the entire game. The Bucs had like a chance late in the second quarter where they cut it to eight, I think. And the Heat responded. They ended up leading by, I think, 17 at halftime. Big performances from Duncan Robinson, 23 points, coming off of that very dirty play from that dirty player, Jalen Brown. Duncan, 23 points, six for eight from three. Bam Adebayo, triple-double, 16 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. But the story of the game, well, there's a couple stories of the game. First story of the game, Nikola Jovic, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 8 for 13, 5 for 8 from 3. He got the start because you still have no Rozier, you still have no Butler, so it was, uh, you had Jovic starting in place. Uh, who was the starting group last night? Hero, Robinson, Jovic, Adebayo, and Martin. So you had Jovic and Robinson starting in place of Rozier and and and, and Jimmy. And that backward, now look, Rozier's a fine enough three-point shooter. But that backcourt of Hero and Robinson, deadly because the way that it opens up the floor. But I really believe Niko Jovic's performance last night, I think that's a big deal. You don't want to see more of him? 24 points, stretching the floor. He can get to the basket. He can pass the ball. And look, you want to see more of him. The staff knows. They see him every day. And as it turns out, because we are, what are we talking about here? We're two-thirds of the way through the season. As it turns out, the way that they have handled him has been perfect. Look at how he's performing at just 20 years old in only spot duty. Got an opportunity, tapped him on the shoulder last night, went out and kicked ass, was a major difference maker. They clearly, like, they've done it again. They are developing this kid who clearly has major talent. And because of their patience, because of how hard they have gotten him to work, we're going to get to a place, probably not this season, but we're going to get to a place where I think clearly Niko Jovic is a player for this team. And you've been waiting for that 6'9", 6'10 guy who could stretch the floor to put next to Bam Adebayo. This is the guy. It may not be this year. It's probably not this year. But we're looking from a macro perspective, big picture-wise, long-term. You have to consider that Niko Jovic is going to be that guy. I think last night's performance was a big deal. They see him every day. 
They clearly know what they're doing when it comes to developing their young players. Maybe it took a little longer than you would have wanted it to because Hawkes Jr. is thrown into the fire right out the gate at the start of the year. But they're playing the long game here with Niko Jovic. And clearly, the way they have handled it is to perfection. That's the big story from last night. The other big story from last night is no one is afraid of this Milwaukee Bucks team. Get the fuck out of here. Eric Spolstra, first of all, Eric Spolstra versus Doc Rivers, blowout, like usual. Blowout. There was one point in the game, they were bombing away from three the entire game. And, and you know, Doc Rivers, he's supposed to fix the defense. Even though I'm pretty sure he's an offensive guy. Doc Rivers is supposed to fix the defense. And at one point, even though the Heat were bombs away from three, you saw when Doc switched to a zone defense, went to a 2-3 zone defense. I mean, again, Eric Spolster versus Doc Rivers, blowout. If you're playing zone, you play zone to pack the paint. You play zone to force the offense to shoot from the perimeter. That's how you crack a zone. It's by hitting jumpers, by hitting threes. So the Heat are on fire from three all game. And Doc switches up to his own. He's out to lunch. I'm telling you, as overrated a coach you've ever seen. Eric Spolstra, Doc Rivers, blowout. No other way to look at it. So the Heat kicked the crap out of them last night. And this Milwaukee team, no one is afraid of them especially not the Heat. It would be great to play them in the playoffs. If the, you know They're the three seed right now. If the Heat can jump up to six, that's another first-round exit for the Bucs. It is. I mean, like, the Heat should be favored in that series. They won't be. But if we get to a Heat-Bucks first-round series, is there a single Heat fan that doesn't believe we're winning that series? I, I, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for this. I'm going to pray that he'd play the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round of the playoffs. Who is afraid of that Bucks team? The Heat should be favored if they play in the first round against the Bucks. Eric Spolstra, Doc Rivers, blowout city. Nobody's afraid of that Bucks team. Let's be honest. Guys, let me tell you about the official car dealership of Zaslow Show 2.0. You know I'm talking about North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. And at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, there is a lot to love this month of February with incredible offers on all new Subarus in stock, as well as every pre-owned vehicle on their lot. Right now, at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you can make zero down payment, make zero payments for three months, and make zero security deposit. Or you can lease the 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Premium for just $209 a month. For 36 months with $54.95 due at signing with approved credit, go to nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com for full details. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, they promise to provide customers with an exceptional experience at their brand new state-of-the-art facility on North Andrews Avenue. You know which one I'm talking about. It's that beautiful building you can see from I-95 at the Cypress Creek Road exit. So you could want a relaxed indoor car shopping experience, or maybe you just want to have your current vehicle serviced. You're going to be treated like royalty at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. And did you know they service all makes and models? So with prices less than many of the small shops, 
You're going to service with confidence at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. The location you know with an experience you'll love. So, couple other news and notes. And when we get to Kenny Albert, we'll talk some Panthers. Do a little Super Bowl with him too. Panthers and Penguins tonight. The, uh, uh, the New York Knicks. Remember, it was a big story from two nights ago, and we talked about it yesterday, where a foul was called on the last play of the game, a crazy three-point attempt by Jalen Green. Jalen Brunson was called for a foul. He makes two out of three shots, missed the third one on purpose. Rockets win by two. After the game, Ed Malloy, crew chief, says that they they got it wrong. It, It should not have been a foul. The Knicks have filed a protest. The Knicks have zero chance of winning this protest. Absolutely none. You can't protest when an official gets a call wrong. Official get calls wrong. I mean, if a player make uh, uh, makes a mistake during the game, there, there's like the, you don't get a do over. If the official makes a mistake during the game, you don't get a do over. It's part of the game. There are missed calls all throughout the game. You think if there's a missed call from an official, you get to do the game over or play another five minutes, play in overtime? The protest. It, now, only seven protests have ever worked. The last one, actually, was the Miami Heat back in 2007. They won their protest. Protests are for when a rule is misapplied. Not when a call is wrong. Not when a judgment call is wrong. And back then, it was the Heat at the Hawks. Shaq fouled out of a game. And it was learned after the game that Shaq actually didn't have six fouls. He had five fouls. So the Heat protested. And they won because their player was disqualified when he shouldn't have been. Was it because there was a, a, a mistaken judgment? There was an actual ruling that was wrong. They fouled him out at five fouls when we all know six is how you get disqualified. So the Heat got, they won the protest and they played the final few minutes of that game. The funny part is Shaq wasn't even on the team anymore because they traded him to Phoenix for Sean Marion. So that was weird. They still lost the game. The Knicks have zero chance of winning this protest. The other big story from yesterday is, as it turns out, Rich Paul, who runs the Lakers and is also LeBron's agent. If you remember right before the trade deadline, Rich Paul put out a statement saying the Lakers are not trading LeBron and LeBron is not going to ask to be traded. Now, why did he do that? We had George Sedano, Pacific guy, on Amber and Ian that week. <coughs> and he told me and Amber Wilson that that's because, why did, he, why did he come out and say that? Because there was a local reporter in LA who claimed that there are discussions about possibly trading LeBron James. So that's why Rich Paul came out and, and essentially denied that, which made sense. But as it turns out, that TV reporter was right. He was right because there is a story now and this is why Rich Paul came out and said that LeBron is not going to be traded because there were conversations. Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne released this bombshell story this morning. And here we go. It says here, over a clandestine 24-hour window prior to the deadline, there were owner-to-owner conversations between the Warriors who made an unsuccessful bid to convince the Lakers and LeBron to consider a trade to pair him with Steph Curry. That's right. That's right. So I'm going to read this to you here. Armed with the encouragement of Warriors star Draymond Green, 
Warriors owner Joe Lacob reached out to the Lakers owner Jeannie Buss to inquire whether James's apparent public frustration could be interpreted as an opening to discussing a trade. Buss told Lacob the Lakers had no desire to trade James, but he would need to seek the answer on James's state of mind from his agent, Rich Paul. As an owner, Buss has operated with the mindset she wants her star players content with the franchise, and that instructed to her thinking on referring Warriors leadership to James's representation. There you go. There you go. Earlier Wednesday, all right, Paul told Lacob, Rich Paul told Lacob and Warriors GM Mike Dunleavy, James had no interest in a trade, wanted to remain a Laker. When Dunleavy reached out to Lakers GM Rob Palenka in those pre-trade deadline hours, Dunleavy had been told the same. The Lakers wanted to keep James. Earlier Wednesday, Draymond Green, whom Paul also represents at Clutch, had sent Paul a text soliciting his help in convincing James to join him in Golden State. How about that? Dunleavy actually was the second team executive to call Palenka on a possible James trade. After seeing James' cryptic social media post of an hourglass a week before, Sixers president of basketball, Daryl Morey, called Palenka to probe on a James trade and was immediately told James wasn't available. The Warriors and Lakers back and forth is different because it started on the ownership level and included Buss referring the Warriors to James's representation. How about that? So, that TV reporter in LA was right that there were discussions and Rich Paul coming out and shooting it down wasn't essentially directed at that report. It was because there was poking around and LeBron does not want to be traded. So Rich Paul puts out that statement. The Lakers are not going to trade LeBron because essentially Gene Buss left it up to LeBron and LeBron is not going to ask for a trade. How about that? Now, LeBron is not going to be asked about this because he's not playing tonight. It's the last game before the break. Lakers are playing at the Utah Jazz. Uh, I think it's at the Utah Jazz. And let me check here just to be sure. The Lakers' final game before the All-Star break is tonight, and LeBron is resting. So understand this, by the way. And yes, it is, it's, it's the Lakers at the Jazz. So understand this. LeBron is resting before the break. It's All-Star break this weekend. LeBron is resting before he takes a break. Okay. I mean, this league, man, they, you know what they should do from now on? When the teams announce injury reports like tonight, they should just, the injury report should just be a middle finger to fans. LeBron is resting before break. That's a real thing that is happening tonight. Make it make sense. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us, of course, by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. European roots of the Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba for yourself, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, fresco Moss. Always drink responsibly, of course. Don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. So finally, we got the Panthers back in action tonight. Last game, I think, was Saturday. So a uh, long, long break here, a few days in between games. And it's a national game, NHL on TNT tonight. Panthers at Penguins. We got Kenny Albert with us here. He is on the call, of course, tonight. Kenny, always love having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, you're out there in Pittsburgh for the game tonight. But I, I do want to throw a couple questions at you 
about the Super Bowl. All right, obviously, NFL on Fox, you're very involved. Uh, number one, you're all over the place with your work schedule. Were you able to sit around with family and watch the Super Bowl this weekend? I was, Jonathan. I actually worked Saturday and Monday. I had Sunday off, so we went to a friend's house uh, near where we live in New Jersey, and we're able to enjoy the Super Bowl uh, like a normal human being. Now, when you watch a game like that, are you able to just enjoy it as a fan, or are you thinking in your head the whole time about what's going on from a, a play-by-play man standpoint? A little bit of both. I'm definitely thinking about uh, what's going on from a play-by-play standpoint, but I'm also uh, thinking heavily about game management. I'm thinking like a coach because that's what I normally do in the booth while doing play-by-play. So, you know, I'm all over the timeout situation, the clock, uh, the overtime rules, which certainly became a big factor on Sunday. So, you know, I thought the, the game obviously started a little slow, you know, from a scoring and excitement standpoint, but uh, the second half was real exciting. And then it's funny in overtime, even though I didn't really have any kind of a stake in who won, um, I was on the edge of my seat, uh, as I'm sure most people were watching uh, what was taking place during the overtime period. Okay, so th- that that is there's two huge stories that come out of the game, right? It's Patrick Mahomes and his standing all time, and it's the overtime and the rules and Kyle Shanahan when. Overtime was starting. I looked over to my wife and I said to her, I don't think I know the rules. <laughs> like, what were you fully aware watching the game of the rules for overtime? Because I I didn't know. Well, I knew I knew that it was different than the regular season. Um, I was aware that changes were made a couple of years ago uh, to give both team a possession, um, even if the first uh, possession resulted in a touchdown. So I knew they were different. Um, I'll have to admit, I did Google right at the end of the fourth quarter just to be sure that what I thought in my mind uh, was accurate, and it turns out it was. Um, I think a lot of people were confused towards the end of the overtime um, as to why Kansas City did not call any timeouts. But um, if you listen to the referee, Bill Vinovich, at the start of overtime, he explained that it was uh, like a new game was starting and, and the clock would not be an issue towards the end of overtime if it went that far um, and that it would continue into a second period if that second team still had possession. So, um, you know, Andy Reid is certainly aware of the rules. And when you listen to the Kansas City players and coaches, you know, it's something they went over. And I'm sure San Francisco did as well, even though we did read a couple of comments from players that seemed to be confused. Um, You know, I know there's been a lot of debate about Kyle Shanahan and I, 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 I could see both sides, why you would want to uh, take the ball first and why you might want to put your defense on the field. But I, I really don't think you can argue with Kyle Shanahan's thought process because if both teams scored the same amount of points during their first possession, then it becomes sudden death. So it, it seems as if Kyle Shanahan's thought process was we wanted that third possession, which would be sudden death, in case we were tied, if both teams didn't score, for example, or if both teams kicked a field goal. Now, I know Mahomes came out and said we would have gone for two if uh, San Francisco had scored a touchdown. So there's a lot of different speculation, but I could definitely see why a team would want the ball first, uh, try and score a touchdown, and then you know that even if the other team ties it, you have the ball in that sudden death situation. Yeah, I don't agree with the strategy, but I do understand what he was trying to accomplish there. It obviously didn't work out. 
We're on Wednesday. We are three days after the Super Bowl. And I still put on my television this morning, Kenny, and we're talking about the 49ers not knowing the overtime rules. But for the life of me, Kenny, I don't understand why it matters. The only person who needs to know the overtime rules is the decision maker, right. and that's Kyle Shanahan. Why does it matter if the players didn't know the rule? Right. If you're out on the field, you're trying to score, right? So what's the difference? Uh, it, it turns out McCole Hardman apparently did not know the game was over either when he caught the touchdown. So I'm sure there was a little bit of confusion with certain players. I mean, you know, I, I think back, uh, it didn't involve overtime rules, but uh, some fascinating conversations with Sean Payton when he was coaching the Saints. And we would do games down the stretch in December when they were battling for first place or a bye or home field advantage. And he told us that he would sit his team down at times during the season, especially during that stretch uh, towards the end of the regular season. He would have the entire team in a meeting room and he would lay it all out, uh, you know, like they had never uh, heard it before. He, he would put up on the board, you know, if we finish with, at that time, one of the top two records in the conference, we don't play the first week. We get a bye. If we finish with the best record in the conference, we have home games all the way through the NFC Championship game. He would lay it all out there because I think he assumed that there were a good portion of his players that had no idea and didn't follow that stuff growing up. Uh, they were just outside playing and not necessarily paying attention to how the NFL standings and playoff system worked. So he would lay it all out there for them, as I'm sure most coaches probably do. Does it seem crazy to you, the way it does me, that Mahomes can actually catch Brady and get to seven? I understand he's got three already. Seven still seems so far away. It does, but when you look at what he's done in his career so far, um, you know, now he's only one behind Montana and Bradshaw, who both won four. I don't think it's out of the question. Um, you know, right now, I think you have to consider the Chiefs a dynasty with two straight and three and five years. I know no team's ever won uh, three straight Super Bowls or three in, in uh, you know, four years would certainly uh, put them up there with the all-time great teams. So, yeah, seven's a long way away. He's not yet halfway there. But uh, with the way his career is progressing, I, I thought going into the Super Bowl um, – that because Kansas City had Mahomes, uh, in my mind, they were the favorites. When, when the when the ball's in his hands, right now he's better than any other quarterback in the league, in my opinion. So let's get into the game tonight, all right? I'm very excited for Panthers at Penguins tonight. I'm so excited because, number one, I, I, I love when my favorite teams are on national TV. Now, the nowadays, you know, league pass, Sunday ticket, the, the center ice package, Everyone can watch every game. But, like, when I was growing up, if my team was on national TV, to me, that was an opportunity for everybody to see how good my team is. I used to love when my team played on national TV. And this Panther team in particular, Kenny, they got to the Stanley Cup final last year. And t tell me what you've seen, especially recently. They're significantly better than they were last season. Well, they're such a fun team to watch. And, I had the pleasure and honor of calling their last nine games last year, uh, the four games against Carolina in the conference final and then the five games in the Stanley Cup final. But uh, when you look at what they've done so far this year, uh, right behind Boston in the division, four points back, uh, shutting out Colorado, one of the top teams in the league on Saturday. Sergei Bobrovsky's playing outstanding hockey. You look at what 
uh, Matthew Kachuk's done over the last six weeks or so. The season Sam Reinhardt's having with 39 goals, just incredible. They were missing a couple of defensemen, key guys at the start of the season, but mm-hmm. they got Ekblad and Montour back. And um, I would have to agree. I think overall they are, they are probably even a better team than they were uh, last year at this time for sure. And uh, looking forward to the game tonight. Uh, the Penguins struggling a bit outside looking in as far as the playoff race goes, but still have some future Hall of Famers in Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Carlson. Uh, their goaltender, Tristan Jari, has six shutouts this season. So it uh, should be a lot of fun tonight here in Pittsburgh. So because of all those games you did last year, the final nine games for the Panthers, conference finals and then Stanley Cup final, I mean, you're a guy you know, from doing Rangers games for all these years. You're, you're around the league. How, how about just the atmosphere and how different the games are here? Obviously, you're in Pittsburgh tonight, but the whole fan base, uh, Sunrise, experience here for home games, this is a franchise that's been around now for 30 years, but we're actually in the middle of what is now finally the golden era for Panther hockey. We've never had a stretch like this before. No, I mean, two years ago, you win the President's Trophy, best regular season record, go to the Stanley Cup final last year and win a series for the first time in, in uh, you know, as you know, almost three decades. Yep. And, yep. Uh, now having the season that the team's having this year, uh, when you put those three years together, you're right. It, it is the golden age of, of Panthers hockey. And, um, you know, I remember going to do games back in, in 94, 95, 96 at the Miami Arena and then the transition to Sunrise and uh, worked a playoff series there in 97 when, when the Rangers played the Panthers. The year after the Panthers went to the Stanley Cup final against Colorado. But it's uh, a- Gretzky killed us that year. Gretzky yeah. was so good in that series. Yeah. Gretzky, Esatikin, and they scored some big goals in that series. But uh, it's it's such a fun place to go watch a hockey game and uh, those games during the conference final against Carolina. Uh, I'll certainly remember those for a long time. And, you know, they ran up against a, a juggernaut in Vegas. They just plowed through the playoffs. And the Panthers obviously had some key injuries uh, during the Stanley Cup final. But it was a lot of fun to be a part of. And uh, in particular, the games down in Sunrise. They were so broken by the end of that Stanley Cup final. I mean, could you look? He, he didn't even play the final game, and we know how tough these guys are. It's it, it it's one of the things that, I mean, I've always loved hockey, but especially today where you see the NBA and the guys, you know, they, they sit out all the games and the load management. These guys are such warriors. Like Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour had to miss the first month of this season because of what they played through in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, these guys are such warriors who play this game. No, they are. And every year when the Stanley Cup final ends and then the head coach gives the list over the next couple of days of all the injuries that the players were uh, playing through, it's just hard to believe. I mean, I remember hearing stories about Kachuk. He couldn't even get out of bed and get dressed by himself. He needed help from his brother, Brady, and he actually played in game three and game four, uh, you know, w- with with the sternum injuries. So uh, you just have to give these guys so much credit for what they battle through. Is it the hardest of the major North American championships to win the Stanley Cup? You know, we hear we hear that a lot. And I think, uh, Jonathan, mainly due to what they have to go through physically. I remember hearing stories from some of the Edmonton Oilers back in 83, 84. Uh, they lost to the Islanders who won their fourth straight cup in 83. And then they finally broke through and beat the Islanders in 84. But when you talk to Wayne Gretzky and Paul Coffey and, and so many of the others in that team, uh, they still, to this day, reminisce about 
walking past the Islander locker room after losing to them in 83 and just seeing all the ice packs and, and the, the battle scars and uh, the Islanders after winning that fourth cup, just sit at, you know, Dennis Potvin, who the fans in, in South Florida are certainly familiar with. He was the captain of those teams. And uh, Edmonton said they learned a lot from, from looking into that locker room and seeing all the, all the pain and, and what the Islanders had gone through just to get there. And that, uh, was a big part of their mindset moving forward when they Edmonton then won four in the next five years. It's such a great sport. And and I also love that over the last couple of years with the move back to ESPN and the games on TNT, uh, it, it feels like that was such an obvious move for the league, right? They're getting so much more exposure now, right? Well, I have to give NBC so much credit. I was a part of it for over a decade, and NBC did a tremendous job in, in, in doing the games. Uh, promoting the National Hockey League, Doc Emmerich, you know, one of the greatest of all time. with Greatest. And Pierre Maguire. And I think both TNT, who I work for, and ESPN have, have taken the mantle and uh, raising the bar even higher. But NBC did a spectacular job uh, doing the NHL for 15 years. And I'm so proud to be a part of the TNT team. And uh, we had the Stanley Cup final, as you know, last year. We'll go through the conference final this year, Stanley Cup final again next year. So, uh, a lot of fun to work with uh, Eddie and and now Brian Boucher stepping in for Keith Jones, who took over as president of the Flyers. And, and the, the studio show does a tremendous job with uh, Liam McHugh, Paul Bissonette, Anson Carter, Wayne Gretzky, and then uh, Henrik Lundqvist on some shows, Keith Yandel, a former Panther. So uh, a great team to be a part of. I wanted to mention that too here, Kenny, where again, the game tonight, 730 NHL and TNT Pins and Penguins. Kenny Albert, of course, has your call. It's it's like TNT, I feel like they did it again. Everybody knows inside the NBA's greatest studio show probably of all time. NHL on TNT, and you mentioned there, McHugh and, and Paul Bizonette and Anson Carter, uh, Gretzky's on during the playoffs. That's a great studio show. Like, they totally did it again. No, it really is. You know, I put the NBA on TNT studio show right up there with Fox NFL Sunday, in my opinion, as the greatest pregame shows of all time. And uh, you're right. The NHL on TNT is right there. The crew that they put together. You know, Wayne's like the old EF Hutton commercials. When Wayne Gretzky talks, you have to listen. Uh, such a tremendous hockey mind, has a photographic memory from, from games that he played in. Liam's an unbelievable host. Paul Bissonette uh, has such a following with the spitting chicklets and, and the younger audience. And he's done a great job. And Anson Carter's terrific. Keith Yandel, Henrik Lundqvist. So, uh, again, proud to be a part of the team, and it's always a lot of fun when those guys are traveling with us, uh, whether it's the Stanley Cup playoffs or during some of the outdoor games, the Winter Classic in Seattle last month. Uh, just great to be around those guys, and they do a tremendous job. Great job, and he always love having you on the show again tonight, 730 NHL and TNT. Kenny, tell everybody again how they can get your book, which came out, of course, a few months ago. So the book was published in October. It's called The Mike for All Seasons, a compilation of stories from – uh, throughout my broadcasting career. Um, it has its own Instagram account. If, if you'd like to follow the book, a mic for all seasons with pictures of the books, travels, but available, uh, you know, where books are sold, Barnes and Noble, online, amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, Target, uh, second printing coming up. Uh, it's, it's done very well. So a second printing over the next couple of months uh, leading up to the NHL playoffs and Father's Day. So it's a mic for all seasons. Mike is M-I-C, like a microphone, and uh, appreciate any of the listeners and viewers who have picked it up already or who might do so in the future. 
Awesome. Great job, Kenny. Thanks a lot for stopping by this morning. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jonathan. Anytime. Excellent job by Kenny Albert. Again, I'm into this. This is a good night. All right. Like I said, you got the Panthers at 730. You got the Heat at 7. Then I'm on ESPN Radio tonight. This is an action-packed night for everybody. So make sure you get a little schluff in in the afternoon. You're all ready to go for tonight. You're checking to watch a double dip between Panthers and Heat. And then you're going to listen to me on game night on ESPN Radio this evening. It's all happening. You know what else is happening? In the Zaslow Mansion, we get the best sleep we've ever had. That's right. Almost a year now. Sheets and Giggles has been a great sponsor on Zaslow Show 2.0. Sheets and Giggles, where you can become one of over 100,000 Americans, just like the Zaslows, who are sleeping on the saltest, coolest, most breathable sheets around, made from the wood of eucalyptus trees. Sheetsgiggles.com is setting you up with that eucalyptus pillow, eucalyptus mattress, the comforter, the blankets, the fitted sheets. The You don't have to worry about where you're getting your bed sheets now, and you're getting the best sleep of your life, because the second you lay down on these sheets, you got to be careful. I'll lay down in the afternoon, I'm, a, I'm, I'm out immediately. It's too comfortable. Sheetsgiggles.com. And besides that, the prices are always great because there are always all kinds of promotions and sales going on at Sheetsgiggles.com. But if this is your first time going to Sheetsgiggles.com, use promo code Zazlo. Your first order, 20% off. Your first order at Sheetsgiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo at checkout, 20% off. I mean, what are we talking about here? Everybody wins. Sheetsgiggles.com. Promo code Zazlo, get the best sleep of your life. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Here's what we got today. All right, let's start things off with, let's go back to Shaq here. Now, this is at the Jersey Retirement Ceremony. So this is post-game. Shaq's up there at the podium. They're doing the whole thing. And this is an excellent job out of Shaq. I want to say uh, thank you so much. I have many wonderful magic, magic memories. There's no other place. I would have wanted to start my career. Orlando, Orlando will forever have a special place in my heart. It's a real, it's cause I'm getting it right. It's a real honor to be the first Orlando Magic player to get his jersey retired. Although, I would have expected to be number two. Nick Anderson, come up here. always thought if they were going to do retired jerseys, you should be the first. You're the first superstar here in Orlando. And I appreciate you, you know, for sacrificing for me. You could have took the shot every time, but you threw it in. So, again, so I, I, I definitely want to come back here when your jersey gets retired. So, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm going big deal. I, I think he's right about Nick Anderson. And he's their first star. I think he was their first ever draft pick. And it's, like, like at this point, it's so long overdue. So it, it would almost be a little bit weird. But that's a good job out of Shaq. I'm going big deal. He did a similar thing when he had his jersey retired here in Miami, where he called out Udonis Haslam like that. Now, UD was going to get his jersey retired either way. But that was years ago. And he called out for UD for number 40 to go up there. He's doing the same thing there for Nick Anderson. Excellent job by Shaq. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So last night, Amber and Ian, 7 to 10 p.m. ESPN Radio, my colleagues 
Here's Amber Wilson. She may be getting herself in trouble on online with the Swifties. That is the Taylor Swift that I am not a, a huge fan of. I don't. I don't want Swifties to come after. I know. I know. Okay. All right. Hey, I, I, just said OG I, Taylor. Know. I know. OG Taylor is not for me. Now I'm not saying she's bad. OG Taylor just sounds very, very young. So as a grown-ass woman in my 40s, I just had no time for OG Taylor because it, it that wasn't music for me. That was music for teenage girls, and I was not a teenage girl. For I me. was a woman. It was Sounds for me. like a lot of excuses there. Well, you were a teenage girl, really probably. Backtracking there. Yes, yes, I was. <laughs> the math works. I you was know, not a teenage girl. From? Amber so. is crawfishing. Like I mean, I do mean crawfishing. And what, what do crawfish do when they're scared? Walk backwards. They back the hell up. Well, I'm sca- <laughs> I am scared of the Swifties, that's for sure. But that's reality. I will say, so this latest album, I've never been a big Taylor Swift. I don't have a problem. What are you doing? Talk, but I've never Stop been a big it. Taylor Swift fan. This last album that she came out with, that one album of the year, this last album, that was like grown woman music. I was like, okay, all right, T. Like we bro- we grew, we done grew up. Like I get it. You know, you're, you're a woman. It just, it just she was playing to a different crowd. I'm going not a big deal. I, I don't think that was worthy of the Swifties coming out in full force on Twitter. I, I don't think there's going to be any kind of backlash there. She's allowed to not like every every single album in Taylor Swift's discography. It's okay. I'm going not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Here's Hollywood Joy Taylor yesterday speak, the star of FS1 speak, and she's all in on that Chiefs dynasty. Yeah, they are. They are officially a dynasty. There's no need for us to go back and forth about that anymore. And if you are sick of the Chiefs, I feel really bad for you. It's only getting started. You just let that let that bitterness go. I know the feeling. I lived through it a long time during that Patriots Super Bowl. I hated it. Couldn't stand it. And after that win against Atlanta, that comeback win, 28-3, I was like, I submit. I'm done. I've been worn down. I'm just going to enjoy watching the greatest player of all time do his thing. And the Chiefs are Chiefs are a fun dynasty. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. Like, you know, if you're the Niners, mm-hmm. probably don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. If you're a Niners fan, it's probably not your favorite thing. And, if, you know, obviously fans feel strongly about it, but I think you're getting the opportunity to watch greatness to me is very special. Even if you are rooting against them, it's just not a fun experience to root against Michael Jordan. It's not a fun experience to root against LeBron James. They are a dynasty. I'm going not a big deal. I mean, it's... It, they're obviously a dynasty. Now, buckle up. Uh, you know, we're just getting started here. Even the Patriots had a lull in the middle there before Brady tacked on three more. So I don't necessarily buy that, but obviously a big deal. Oh, or not a big deal, excuse me. Finally, I got confused. Finally, big deal or not a big deal, Draymond Green on his podcast yesterday. So, you know there was another back and forth with Yusuf Nurkic after the Warriors beat the Suns a couple nights ago. Nurkic took it all back, said he hasn't changed at all. He doesn't deserve a second chance. Uh, They hate each other, obviously. Well, Draymond Green here also decided to go back at Kevin Durant. He clearly has beef with Durant again. Give this a listen. Which is the same thing I said in that Clippers game years ago. Been winning championships. Been doing this. Gonna keep doing this when you leave here. Didn't lie. Got fined a whole game check, which was like $160,000 for saying that. Fast forward, wasn't a lie, you know, but <clears throat> that's what I said, you know, and all of that was a little brewed up, a little, little built up tension because, again, you go question somebody's character, you got my phone number. 
if you thought I hope I get the help that I need, you got my phone number, hit me and say that. So like I said, I thought it was all cowardly. And that's where those emotions came from. I, I, I'm a four-time NBA champion. No regular season game really gives me that like hype to win a regular season game. But it's a little added tension there. I'm going big deal. Now, I don't know if Durant is going to respond. I don't know if Durant uh, has responded. You're, you're listening to this in the future. You're armed with information I don't have. But, I, I like, Draymond, Draymond's tough to take. You already know how I feel about him. Uh, he is very, very tough to take. And the whole, you know, we're, we're rehashing the whole, we, we, we won before you, we're going to win without you. I was right. I don't understand what the point is. You know, Draymond, I, I guess we're, we're, we're so many weeks removed from his shotgun therapy, you know, from from the sprinkle dust therapy, where you go wait for a couple weeks and you're all fixed. I guess it was so long ago that we forget Draymond never admits that he's wrong. Draymond's never wrong about anything. So I'm sorry. I, he is very difficult to take. I'm going big deal. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. All right. Big day today. Panthers tonight, Heat tonight, I told you. Make sure you listen to me this evening, ESPN Radio Game Night. In for Q Myers this evening. It's me and Emmett Golden. So we'll have you covered on everything that's going on during the day and, of course, all of the games tonight. Tomorrow morning, I am hosting. I'm filling in for Jonathan Coachman. I am hosting Driving the Line tomorrow. We're live at 10 a.m., youtube.com slash at Driving the Line. So I'll have my man A.B., Alan Bell. We're going to make all your betting picks for you. We're going to recap the action from tonight. We're going to give you picks for tomorrow night, live, 10 a.m., youtube.com slash at drive the line. I will be hosting. I will be filling in for my guy, Jonathan Coachman, actually, for the next couple of days as he's out doing the golf this weekend. So there you have it. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. If you're interested in being a partner, you're interested in jumping on the show, you could always hit me up. You could DM me. DMs are always open. Happy Valentine's Day, of course, to all the honeys out there. DMs are always open for you. And we'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.